This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Way Forward. This week, we are talking to Kate Healy, Managing Director, Generation Next, TD Ameritrade Institutional. I'm Jack Otter. I have a much shorter title. (laughs) Katie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Jack. I really appreciate it. Uh, So uh, given the circumstances of the moment, I think there is only one place to start this conversation. It is no secret that the financial industry is in dire need of diversity. Uh, The nation's response to the death of George Floyd has brought that into stark relief. Uh, You have been an activist, an advocate uh, when it comes to this issue. Could you just share your thoughts on the current environment and what financial advisors should be doing to help champion diversity? Absolutely. You know, this really has brought to the forefront um, all the work that a lot of us have been doing for the past couple of years. You know, we didn't talk about diversity really in any real number format until a few years ago when we did a study with the Center for Financial Planning and really for the first time pinpointed that only one and a half percent of financial advisors who held the CFP were black. And that is um, obviously a a terrible number to have to report. And so really taking a look at what do we need to do from this industry? It's, it's one of the reasons I'm in the role that I'm in, right? It's to really focus on the changing demographic. What is that next generation? Generation next is really all of the people and clients who aren't in the industry today. Who aren't we talking to? Who aren't we serving? And so when you think about what's happening in the world today, um, it comes out of that. There are people who feel underserved. There are people who are not heard. Um, we found in the research that we did that there were some really specific things that we could do to bring more black people into the industry. Um, some of those strategies include, you know, one is formal mentoring, having formal programs that are going to help black advisors break into this profession and really develop and grow in this profession. 29% of black CFP said that a lack of mentorship was holding them back in their careers. And I think this one, this is number two, is is huge to me. It's really introducing the profession to people earlier in their educational path. And that's really where financial literacy comes into play. I know Barron's does a lot with financial literacy. I've got a webcast in two weeks talking about how to do financial literacy from a remote perspective. I think the more that we can do in this country to bring financial literacy to everyone not only helps people with their finances, but it's also shining a light on the fact that there is this great profession where you can help people with their finances, and it's a career that you could look for. So I think financial literacy is a, is a huge has a huge place in this whole movement. We've got to do more around awareness of this career. We have to showcase this as a phenomenal career, and we have to show black advisors black men and black women who are successful in this career, we have to showcase them. You know, we often say you can't be what you don't see. A child today, if they're not seeing someone that looks like them, they don't think this is a career for them. And so we've got to make sure that we're showcasing that. And then finally, we've got to have diversity hiring programs at firms. Firms have to really be intentional about how they can hire diverse talent and say, we are going to focus these next roles. We're focused on diversity and really put things into place where you've got a team of people who are interviewing so that 
unconscious biases aren't coming to the forefront. Um, you've got a rubric that you're following with everyone so that you're not giving special treatment to someone who maybe went to your college. You know, everyone's following that same standardized procedure. So I think things like that that we can start to do as an industry can really help us focus on bringing more people of color into our industry. That last point brings up this thing that you hear over and over again, by frankly, by well-meaning people who say, gee, I just can't find enough people uh, to hire enough qualified applicants you hear all, all, all the time. But that's probably just because they're not looking in the right place, right? Absolutely. They're not, they're not either they're not looking at all or they're just going back to the same places. Most people hire through referrals. Right. Well, referrals are the people that look like you that you've worked with in the past. They go to LinkedIn. They go to all the places. You've got to reach outside. You've got to go to HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, MSIs, minority serving institutions. Talk to all of their guidance counselors, program directors, all of those folks, there are a plethora of really qualified, talented people that you can find if you just start to reach outside of your normal network. That's, that's what's, you know, we've got to be intentional about diversity and it's not easy. You're going to have to do extra work. Your HR department is going to have to reach further and look into new and different places to find that talent. I was talking to Carla Harris at Morgan Stanley, and, and she said uh, there is no college president who is not going to take that call from a big firm who says, help us with the pipeline here. Uh, so, so you certainly do need to reach out. You know, that brings up another issue that has been sort of troubling the industry for a while, and that is that the average age of financial advisors just keeps going up year in and year out. There's not enough new talent joining the ranks. And I think that probably goes back partly to the idea that to young people, they either don't see financial advisors or to the extent that they do, it doesn't sound like a great career. Um, I know you're working pretty hard to fix that problem. We did some research about what was really keeping people out of this profession because we know it's phenomenal. All of us who are in it love it. So last year we surveyed 2,000 students, career changers, advisors, and financial planning professors to find out what was keeping people out of this profession. And a third of the students and a third of the career changers, and there were 500 of each, so that's 1,000 people, um, had a really different view of what financial advice was. They really thought it was all about sales, all about commissions. Hmm. And when we kind of took them through a day in the life, uh, what a financial planner really does, two thirds of them actually changed and said, wow, this would be a profession that I'm interested in. So we know it's that perception and awareness of what they have to do. Um, and it's interesting when we asked advisors what skills they're looking for from their, their new, next hires, it was about client service. It was about communication. It was about relating to the clients for the first three. There was nothing about commission selling or math in those in the first responses that advisors needed. So there's definitely a disconnect between what advisors are looking for when they hire talent and what our next generation of talent thinks this job is all about. So as you are taking on all of these issues, which are frankly, they're problems that have lasted for centuries. Uh, you're trying to do it during a pandemic. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges for you and your team during COVID-19? You know, number one is just not being able to see each other in real life. Um, you know, I've been with TD Ameritrade for 12 years. We're a close-knit group. So not being able to see people um, has, been, has been a little tough. And I personally travel a ton. 
Um, so I haven't seen an airport in three months and that's been a little weird, but not bad. Uh, <laughs> um, but interestingly, because we're so spread out, we've been doing virtual calls. We've been doing that Brady Bunch call for seven years. Um, so that, that was, that's not a big change. So we're used to talking to each other. Um, but you know, I, I would say one of the big things too, right. And that you're facing it as well is how do you convert a live event with all of the community and the passion and, and everything that goes on to a virtual event and keep that engagement up and make sure you're giving the right value and the right content and you're delivering it in the right way. And really just come kind of combating that video fatigue that I think some of us are starting to feel. And then um, the other piece to that is that, um, you know, right now we're, we started our internship class last week. So internship 2020, all virtual all the time, um, because it's so important that we make sure that we aren't missing out on that next gen talent by not providing those opportunities. One of the things I'm really proud of is, um, well, one of the things I'm not proud of is that so many internships in all industries, not just ours, were canceled this year because of COVID-19 and, you know, people not working in offices. And it's such a shame for students who need this for graduation, but they also just need that exposure. And we know, especially in the financial advice industry, there's so many different business models. They need to get exposure to them to figure out which one is right for them. So we partnered with the Financial Planning Association and created an externship program that started June 1st. It's an eight-week program that goes through the different phases of financial planning, you know, through the eight weeks, um, a different topic each week. We had 1,600 students sign up for that. Wow. So it's a virtual externship program. They're getting CFP board credit um, for this for 140 hours towards their CFP requirements. But it's giving them an opportunity to be part of a virtual environment, to continue their learning. But then there's about 25 advisors involved in this. So they're getting exposure to large firms and small firms and diversity within the industry. So it's a great opportunity for them to really see all the different phases of what you would do. There's mentorships that are going to be provided. There's office hours. They're having virtual happy hours. So really trying to make sure um, that we're trying to do as much as we can to keep the community that we've all formed and keep that going. That's the, the you know, something that's really um, important this year. And then I would just Great. say, yeah, it's been fantastic. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, and for the students, it, it only costs them $39. So they're not getting paid, but they're getting phenomenal experience. So if there are advisors listening who wanted to take a look at that applicant pool, is that something that's possible? Well, you know, right now they're going through it. So all of the applicants are part of the FPA's Next Gen Initiative. But okay. what I will tell advisors is that um, starting next week, we are launching RA Connect, which is TD Ameritrade's new. Um, we've had a, a job matching portal in the past. We are um, creating a new one that opens up next week, RA Connect, and it's for not just the next-gen students, but it's for people who are looking for firms to buy and sell. But we're going to try to get as many of those students to get their information in there. And so it's a great way for advisors to find interns, um, you know, entry-level people they can pick by location, what their degree was in, how many certifications they have, what their interests were, what kind of firm they are. There's going to be, there's just so much that you can talk about as you're really looking to match up with people. So RA Connect launching June 15th will be, I think, a great way for advisors. That's always the challenge I hear all the time. Kate, I've, I've finally heard you. I'm finally paying attention to what you're saying. Where do I find these people? So this is a great way to connect what's happening on campuses 
to the advisor offices. Super. Interesting. You mentioned video fatigue. Um, as we try to replace that that in-person aspect of conferences, I will say this very discussion, this podcast was created out of that. Um, so we're working on it as, as you are too. Uh, how do you think that this environment, uh, I hope the conference business comes back, but otherwise, how will it change your industry? I think there will be some permanent changes. There definitely will. I think, you know, there's some good news, right? Number one, remote work works. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great thing that's going to it's it shows that there's flexibility. And to me, that is going to lead to so much more diverse talent. Think of how many women don't join a firm because they're afraid they've got to be at their desk from eight to six and show FaceTime. But they've really got to drop their kids off at school or care for an elderly parent or, you know, drive the kids to soccer practice. This is showcasing that that flexibility can work and people can be online and offline and I promise you, I have had tons of working women working for me over the years, and they are the most loyal and dedicated people. And if you tell them you don't start to drop the kids off and come in at 930 or or work remote, and they are so loyal and they will do bend over backwards. They're also focused as anything and get everything done. And you can measure, you know, if it's working or not. So I think that flexibility will allow a lot more. Think of the career changers. Think of how many women have left the workforce to raise their children. And now they're ready to come back to work, but maybe they need a little bit of flexibility. This proves that that can work. I think it's going to allow us to have more diversity in the hiring pool, because one of the things that we hear from advisors is going back to your comment, Jack, about, well, it's hard to find diverse candidates. There are people that tell me, well, where I live, we just don't have diversity. I said, well, that's that's not true. But but if you think that's the case, you can hire people outside of your geographic boundaries because you can hire people from a remote perspective, especially when you think of internships. There are a lot of colleges that have financial planning degree programs that are in pretty remote locations. So this gives you an opportunity to hire a virtual intern and really test out that student because most of the students are mobile after graduation. Um, But if you don't want to make that commitment, you've got that opportunity to um, do this virtually and really get more diverse talent onto your teams. Yeah, and it gives people an opportunity to to try you, you know you out. They they can try out the boss without moving across the country, uh, and and if things work out, then they can the lease that's, is up and uh, that's absolutely that it. And the one the things that I think that might that I'm a little worried about about this environment where we do know that remote work works and that's fantastic, but I think that we've one of the things that historically, especially in the smaller independent firms we've been lacking in, is really developing that talent. And so much of that happens in person. So I do have a little bit of fear around, will there be curtailed development because we don't have in-person development opportunities for junior staff members, right? Really sitting at the table in client meetings and watching a senior associate, um, how they take a client through the volatility, you know, really, are they, you know, listening in on the calls when advisors sitting around today talking to their clients about the volatility that's happening in the market? Um, you know, we're, the market is all over the place. We're back up. Um, how do you, how do you learn how to have those conversations with clients if you're not in the room really watching and listening to someone? So I, I do fear a little bit around that. And then just, you know, the lack of community, um, does that lend itself to less loyalty, within firms if their associates really aren't working shoulder to shoulder. Um, I think there are ways that you can can build that, but you've got to be very intentional about making sure you're checking in, not just from the top, 
It's great to hear from the top, but really making sure that your managers are checking in with their teams, especially now, especially you should be checking in with your black populations, your, you know, the, the, the people that work for you that are really being affected by more so than many others in your firm being affected by what's happening going on in, in the world right now. You've got to have those conversations and reach out to people just because you can't see them doesn't mean that their feelings aren't happening. Um, and you've got to make sure that you're looking for them. Yeah, that's a really important point. I mean, it's hard enough at the water cooler to bring up a sensitive issue. It's really hard over Zoom. Uh, so <laughs> you have to be intentional about doing it. I want to pivot, if we can, to the client side of things. Uh, a story caught my eye in, in the journal, uh, I think it was last week. Um, they, they pointed out an interesting trend. They, they may have used a chart from you guys, actually, um, that when commissions went away, trading <laughs> tripled. Um, yes. Now, uh, as someone who's been covering investing for a while, uh, when I think about retail investors suddenly increasing their trading that dramatically, it's not always a path to prosperity. What are you doing in terms of investor education? Well, you know, at TD Ameritrade, we're all about investor education. So we actually, you know, back almost 10 years ago, bought a company called Invest Tools, which was all about investor education. And it was almost like a college level platform for investing. It taught options. I know many advisors who actually spent several tens of thousands of dollars taking those classes. We actually um, made all of those classes free last year. So investors can go to the TD Ameritrade website and learn virtually through webinars. They can actually learn in um, in classroom um, events. We also we we before COVID did a ton of live events where all of our ex traders would go to locations and investors could come in and really kind of you know talk, learn strategies, learn investing strategies, and talk to all of the people at our strategy desks and learn how to, you know, buy and sell options, how to trade, what to look for when you're doing that, what to look out for. Um, so, so education is first and foremost, that's something that we want all advice, all of our clients to really know. Um, so it's really important because you're right, right? There's this, so now there is less of a barrier to entry, although, you know, four ninety nine wasn't that bad. Six ninety five <laughs> wasn't too bad before, but I think it's just because we say it's free and that makes it and there's a little bit of everyone's at home. What else are you going to do? There is a little bit of, well, if I can't, you know, follow sports, let me start to follow the stock market and see how I can make money there. I've got one of my nephews is so excited because he brought Disney. And I'm like, you know, I, you can pretend you're really smart. You were also really lucky because the week <laughs> after spring break, when you were home, you had nothing to do with a thousand dollars. And he did admit to me that he also made a couple of bad stock picks. And I said, so it's a great lesson. Um, for you right now. It's an opportunity time. But yeah, there is a lot more activity, um, which again, is a good and, and, and bad thing. But there's so much volatility in the market. I think that's driving a lot too. Um, a wise advisor once said to me that the worst thing that can happen to a young investor is to uh, make an investment and do really well with it. Exactly. Then, uh, <laughs> that's why I'm keeping he's him honest. When he's just lucky. <laughs> yeah. So what can advisors do to differentiate themselves uh, right now when they're, they're just a face on a Zoom call? Um, any tips for getting new clients, but also continuing to work with your existing clients? Yeah, you know, you really have to think about reaching your clients where they are, right? So don't try to call your clients during the workday when they're home, juggling their own work from home. They're homeschooling their children. They're entertaining young children. They're tapped out. Um, so Tell me about that's it. not when you should reach out to them. Exactly. I would say 
what you've done at Barron's is phenomenal. Make it easy. Tape a podcast with market updates. Clients can listen to it when they have the time um, and on their schedule because they're so distracted. Think about what you can do for your existing clients. How about it's summertime, right? A lot of camps are canceled or they're shortened. How about creating a remote financial literacy camp for the children of your clients? You can do a version for younger children where it's really just basics financial literacy. But then think about a version for the students who are home from college, um, talking about student loan debt, the CARES Act, all of those different things. You can really think of ways to become meaningful to your clients and to their families. Um, so don't be afraid to prospect. Um, there is a lot of people who are really concerned about their finances, about their legacy. This crisis you know, happened so quickly and, and to so many people, it, it made them think about their reality and their mortality. And so there are a lot of people out there who are thinking, what, I, I don't have a will, I don't have estate planning done, who do I talk to? So it's really time to be reaching out smartly to clients, um, get referrals from, to, reaching out to prospects, getting referrals from clients, paying attention to them. I, you know, I know one advisor who is doing, she works with a lot of widows. And, you know, during social isolation, they're, they're lonely. They're no hmm. one that can't go out. And, and then, you know, everyone is working from home. So her receptionist doesn't have a lot to do. There's no one coming into the office for her to greet. So her work wasn't as fulfilling. So she actually said to the receptionist, why don't you just do some reach out? And so the receptionist has been calling the widows regularly by phone, just as some social interaction. But it's twofold, right? So the, the widows are getting, you know, feeling like this firm really cares about me. They're creating a lot more social interaction. But the receptionist is also saying, hey, I'm getting more involved with the clients. I'm feeling more loyal to the firm because I'm really, um, I've got skin in the game here. I know these clients now in a different way than I did before. So there are definitely ways to differentiate yourself during these times. Huh. That's, that's, that's a great story. Uh, that, that's kind of heartwarming. And you don't hear a lot of those right now. Right. I do want to ask you, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about the merger, um, how will that affect clients, how will that affect advisors? I have heard from a few advisors, clients of TD Ameritrade, who are a little nervous. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think from a client perspective, right, I mean, we are two companies, both TD Ameritrade and Schwab, that are driven by the client experience. So um, that will be first and foremost. And so I don't expect there to be issues there. That is something that we are all concentrating on. Um, and quite frankly, the same with advisors. Um, you know, we we will do everything that we can to make sure we are still working with our clients. You know, um, the deal has not closed. There's not a lot I can actually talk about right now because we're still working through things. But, um, you know, we are serving our clients in the best way possible, as is, you know, as is Schwab, I'm sure. And so, uh, you know, it, it's a big integration, but I, I both everyone is so committed to just making sure that the client experience is number one for everyone. So I, I, you know, I think it will play out over time and, and I don't think people should be worried because, you know, no one wants this to, to go, um, to go badly. Everyone is rooting for this to, to really go well and, and help the clients of retail clients and advisors. I'm sure, um, both companies have been for a long time and will continue to work on technology. Um, not only has it been absolutely crucial to, um, to communication between advisors and, and clients, um, but there are many ways in which, obviously, 
technology more and more is separating uh, the best advisors from the rest. Uh, the up and coming generation uh, of clients is, is not going to accept uh, advice from somebody who's not on their phone, you know, uh, right. all the time. Um, so, so I, I want to talk about that, and then maybe we should talk about robos briefly. But just on the on the technology side, what do you see as the future? How are you planning to work with advisors on that? Yeah, you know, I mean, technology is the future. If we've learned nothing, right? I, I said to someone the other day, I'm like, forget putting any other things on your resume besides what kind of technology you can use. <laughs> and in today's environment, it's Zoom. It's the you know this microphone setup. It's everything, you know, Microsoft Teams, it's uh, WebEx, all of the different things that we've all learned on the fly quite quickly. Um, amazing. I, I, I was a friend of mine had to teach FaceTime to someone who spoke a different language and they weren't face to face. And I was like, well, if you could do that over FaceTime <laughs> to teach someone FaceTime, right, that's that's what technology is all about. Um, but it is the wave of the future. And it's not just the technology it's very important about the technology you're going to use with clients, right? Clients want to have access to everything all the time. You don't want them calling your office. You've got to have a great front end um, client portal. So whether you're working with your custodian on that or whether you're working with a third party to make sure that you have that, you have to have client access to a portal so that they can get access to all of their information. Um, but really also think about technology from the perspective of marketing. Look at your website. Um, the next generation, what is the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to Google you once they hear about you. And we'll talk about how they hear about you because it's, you know, not through the phone book, um, <laughs> but they're going to Google your website and they're going to look at it and they're going to look at how it looks on their phone because they're, they're going to be on their phone. So if it's not mobile first, um, it's going to look janky and they're going to just go away. Um, if it doesn't show up in the in the page that fits on their phone screen in a Google search, you will never be found. So if you're not using search engine optimization, I can't tell people enough. If they have to swipe, you're done. It's not happening. Um, so making sure that you are working with a marketing agency, if you don't know how to, to make sure that you are optimizing the terms, what Google is searching for, and they change what they, how they, they search engine optimize from time to time. Yeah. So really keeping up to date with that to make sure you're popping up there. And, and also, look at what your website looks like for from a content perspective. The next generation is demographically different than generations prior. And if your website doesn't represent the people of those next generations, if they don't see people that look like them, so that's people of color, that's women, that's younger people, they're not going to come to your firm. I'm sorry. You've really got to showcase the diversity within your firm and or how you are working with diversity within your community for them to really want to work with you. So it's really important. And taking a look at your social media feeds, your Facebook account, your Twitter account, if you've got Instagram or TikTok or anything like that, to make sure that you, that's where a lot of, of young people are looking for their financial advice. You know, there's people on TikTok right now giving financial advice almost, talking about how they've pay down their debt and they've got these little snippets. It's 30 seconds and people are paying attention to that. So don't put a, a really long expanded explanation on your website. How do you catch people's attention um, in a quick way? So I think it's really important to pay attention. So that digital piece is not just, or the technology piece isn't just the pipes within your firm and how the client accounts work, but it's also how are you using that technology to prospect and to keep in touch with your clients? 
Yeah, that's really interesting. You mentioned TikTok. That that is not the first um, social media outlet that I would associate with financial advisors. But it's a great point. First of all, what else? What other um, channels do you recommend? I mean, is Instagram the way to go, or whatever? And then, you know, obviously, most of the people listening to this probably are not as savvy as my sixteen-year-old daughter on, <laughs> on on these platforms. So, should you hire someone to help you, or does that look too canned? Well, if you haven't spent the last three months of your pandemic quarantine learning how to TikTok, I don't know what you've been doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you can, if you have younger people in your firm, this is why you should hire interns, right? They can help you with this kind of strategy. Um, and, and right, you, you don't want to, you want to make it look realistic. Um, but it's okay to, to do a TikTok video, learn how to do it, but learn how to chunk things up in bite-sized information. The, ch- you know, the, the challenge and one of the reasons why you really do want to have people who are connected to the next generation in your firm is these platforms change frequently. You know, a year ago, I wouldn't have said TikTok. In a year, I don't know which one I'm going to say because it could be different. So you really do have to test and learn and look at Facebook and look at Instagram. Look at who your followers are. There, are. there are ways you can work with those platforms to come up with what your ideal client is. And they can kind of uh, work with you to create a marketing campaign to target people who look like your ideal client on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on Twitter. So those are the kinds of things you want to do. Um, but you, you do have to be active in a lot of different platforms. So, um, you know, it's important to make sure that your content's out there because you don't know where people are looking today. There are so many choices. So that's actually a great example. I mean, a great uh, uh, a bit of advice on the intern and you can turn it around and it's good advice for uh, kids who want to get into your business um, because, there are a lot of things that that advisor can do they can't. Uh, technology is not one of them. They should, that's how they could sell themselves to to an advisor and, and, and get their foot in the door. Absolutely. What about robo? So I feel like Robinhood um, has gained in kind of notoriety, popularity during the pandemic. It was, it was maybe almost a little bit on the outs before this happened. And suddenly a lot of interest is surging there. Um, but, you know, the originals, the betterments and well streams are, are, are still there. But in terms of AUM, they're, they're not really uh, big players. Uh, do you where do you see those going? Uh, robots are here to stay. There's there's no doubt they're not going anywhere um, there. I think we've and we've seen it with the betterments and and those that there is more integration with humans for them, you know, yeah. during the market the volatility. Hybrid. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's great when the market's going up. Yeah. I put money in it. I'm making money hand over fist, but when you need to talk to someone, when you're watching the market crash, um, you want to talk to a human voice. There is some, you know, artificial intelligence that will help, you know, some of that, that robots will be using. But I do think that, the hybrid model is where we are going to probably end up more than just robo because I don't think the human behavior can really stand for not being able to pick up the phone and actually talk to a person when they see what is, could be their life savings or their dream car, their dream vacation jumping around in the marketplace um, when it's in a robo that they, it's harder for them to get in touch with. So I do believe that the the future is really that combination, right? There is a time and a place for robos, um, you know, for set it and forget it. When you're thinking about retirement and you've got that long-term place, but you really do want to be checking in on it. And and when you're, you know, starting out, um, making sure that you're 
getting some education as well. So I think it's a combination of the robo, the education, and a human advisor to help you through that. Yeah, then that, that, that's good news for the business. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. Uh, so uh, I could talk for hours, but um, we are running out of time. So I want to ask you in Baron's tradition for your final actionable idea. I would say you can't hate up close. So right now, ask a black colleague, a neighbor or friend to tell you their story. Find out about their journey. Um, a couple of years ago, we had Viola Davis speak at our link conference. And I always use a quote that she said, you don't know where someone started their race. So please just ask. That is uh, that's fantastic advice and exactly the place uh to close at a moment like this in our history. Uh, thank you so much, Kate Healy. Uh, this was a great conversation. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And look for our live call on Friday with Insight Investment, a BNY Mellon company. Stay healthy, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Way Forward. This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more.